Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. What a shit show we have in front of us. Bell the Body Snatcher on one and on the ones and twos. He is always is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. And we are gonna have some fun making fun of some Republicans tonight. That's a fact, yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny is like anybody that's just tuning into our show for the first time after I just said that probably just assumes we're some like lefty liberal show. So maybe I should watch what I say early on in the episode. Yeah, you just blew it. You just alienated half the audience, Dan. For, any, for anybody thinking that, we spend a lot of time shitting on Democrats, but it is Republican primary season. So we have to give them uh, their just dessert. So we're obviously going to recap that this evening in a way that hopefully you haven't heard uh, anywhere else. We have Canadian leadership apparently just openly love Nazis now. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, the two presidential frontrunners, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, recently actually Trump was just yesterday and Biden was what, Monday, Tuesday? I can't remember. Uh, both Wednesday in our great state of Michigan to um, lie to the UAW and uh, grandstand for all of you. Uh, and we have a Democratic senator from New Jersey uh, getting busted for, from, for some alleged corruption. I use alleged a little bit more softly this time because this is this what the second time he's been indicted and I believe the third time that he's been investigated for <laughs> yeah, very similar. I was just going to say, yeah, third time investigated, second time indicted. For very uh, uh, similar alleged crimes. Um, I've got a little bit of a conspiracy theory about this one that I hope that you will all enjoy. Again, we should have the tinfoil hats on for this one, but uh, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on in the show. Before we get to anything, Corey, tell the people all of the ways in which they can associate with our stupid little show. <clears throat> Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com and you can find Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod, and our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. You can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Thank you for that, Corey. The song is the soundtrack to my life. It's definitely the soundtrack to this show. That is for sure. Um, bright and nice. Where do we want to start? Do you want to just jump right into the debates? I just feel yeah, like that's the thing we have to. That's the thing we have to uh, cover. For I don't know why I hate it. I think we have to because I think our audience is smart enough to know that like watching these stupid things is destroying their brain cells, and so they count on people like us, Corey, to take care of that for them. We are sacrificing our neurons to save yours. 
Yeah, uh, I had I such got, a. It was like similar to carbon monoxide poisoning with like the lack of neurons firing in my brain that I fell asleep during it. So I had to listen I, to it again today. Well, that's so interesting. All three of us were watching it, and none of us finished it. None of us. None of us got all the way to the end. You guys fell asleep. I was. My head started to hurt. Yeah, me and Bella fell asleep next to each other on the couch, cuddling, spooning. spooning. <laughs> what do you guys say Forkin. for yourself, Bell? Forkin. Forkin. Oh, oh, that's a euphemism. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> basically. If I had to sum this debate up into like a few sentences, I would say that it was a less of a debate and more of a, a shouting match. Uh, we can thank Trump for that. It it made you know what's funny about that whole portion of it about how they're like shouting at each other now. It's not really a an Oxford style debate, and it, well, it never really was, but it's nowhere close to a, a debate with any any type of decorum. When Trump was first doing that, it was funny. And well, like, because he's a funny guy. Well, and then with him not on this, I don't know if it's because he's not on the stage, or, um, it or it's getting old. It's probably a little. Bold. He's not on the stage, and if he keeps not showing up, we're gonna instead of calling him Donald Trump, we're gonna call him Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris Christie. Oh my god! Yeah, there I don't some, even watch it, Donald. <laughs> there is some pretty awful yet hilarious one-liners from more than a more than just a couple of the candidates last night. It was basically an argument over it seemed like fentanyl and immigration for for like 90% fentanyl for, for 90% of the I love when you get Republicans arguing about immigration because they all oh, they all talk about the issues from from illegal immigration they're like oh they're bringing fentanyl over and killing your family they're uh <laughs> the borders are wide open which is just patently that's just a patently false statement do we have more people trying to come illegally because of biden's policies like sure like that's that's a, that's a thing but like we do still have a border that is like we're trying to protect so it's like it's we're this, doing our best. It's the yeah. It's this idea that like that, like the border patrol is just down in fucking down near Juarez going, hey everybody come on over. Like that's the way you're going down on each other's assholes. Yeah. So there's that one, and then um, the other one is like sanctuary cities are the problem. Like we're gonna shut down sanctuary cities, and like I'm I'm sitting there going like as president, how the fuck are you gonna do that? You know what's funny is all the mayors of those sanctuary cities are probably some of the very few people that agree. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're trying to get rid of them too. Well, they're a horrible idea. There's no question about that. I'm not like defending sanctuary cities, but it's like, yeah, it let's be a let's thing. It should be a talking point for the president of the United States. Can we go on a little tangent and talk about that for a second? What, sanctuary idea, cities. Let's do it. Yeah, that like before, like it became a thing where like all these like border states started shipping uh, migrants to the sanctuary cities. How they were all on their little podiums and soapboxes. Mm. Going, we would never kick out any illegal immigrants here. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're 2,000 miles from the border. And now they're getting bussed there and they're all like, oh, we got to do something about these immigrants. No, instead, you'll kick property owners out of their properties so that you can house these people because it's still it's still illegal to give them jobs where they could actually make money and contribute to society and maybe be able to afford housing on their own. Yeah, outside outside of your I bet you I bet you ninety nine percent of them would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll work. Yeah, I'll take a job. Yeah, yeah it's, please. It's, it's, it's what I came here for. Well, that's just it. So 
Speaking of that, that was actually kind of where I was going next. So it was a nice segue. Uh, like the solutions that these Republicans give, they're just retreads from like, like 2004. It's like, we're just going to round them up and send them back. Vivek said that. I mean, a couple a couple of the people on stuff. We're just going to round them up and send them back. Yeah, Christy oh. said they need to be tracked like FedEx packages. Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to uh we're going to just we're going to bring back remain in Mexico. I think Nikki Haley said that. I think Mike Pence said that or something to that to that effect. We're, and you know, we're going to finish Trump's wall. And it's so it's so goddamn frustrating, right? And this is oh, why it's frustrating. Oh, it's frustrating because before you go, let me just add this one caveat. They always say, but we love legal immigration. They always say that. They always Do have they? to add that in. Now go ahead. It's just so frustrating to me because like the government loves to put band-aids on things and not fix problems. Like you look at the uh the college, you know, like the college debacle we find ourselves in, the healthcare industry we find ourselves in. And the only ways to solve the border crisis from republicans is the same exact thing as just putting band-aids on the border instead of actually trying to like look at the issue and what's causing it and how our war on drugs is completely devastating these places because it's making a product so valuable that americans are buying it at exorbitant exorbitant prices and in return that's just completely destabilizing all these latin american countries so everyone goes, well, I have nowhere else to go. So they go to the place that has a little bit more of a stable economy, stable government and things like that. So they all scoot up here when instead of just toppling governments in South America and Latin America, and instead of uh, basically financing all of these cartels, we just keep letting them fuck everything up. And then they come here and then our only option apparently Cause that's all the Republicans talk about is just, just send them back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they could just come back to the border again. It's like, that's all remain in Mexico was, it was just a band aid where, where you, just, you have all these migrants from, from, like we're talking trillions of dollars made with the drug war. And now it's almost as a, it's almost as lucrative for them to just extort people for money to get them to come here. Cause the cartels are smarter than our fucking big ass bureaucratic system we got here that doesn't know it's ass from a hole in the ground. Well, it's something that we, that we've talked about before on this show, Corey, about like the, the not being able to understand this is like a human problem. I'm not just saying this is even just a governmental problem, but like the inability to understand second, third, fourth, and fifth order consequences of your actions. You know, when you, when you try to topple a government, which by the way, generally these central american and south american governments that we're that we're starting coups in they're usually left-wing governments because we want the right-wing government in place and that includes democrats which is why oh, yeah when, when, no, people, when people try to look say that what, democrats are left are leftists they're not they're fucking no, right-wingers look at what obama and clinton did to haiti when haiti just wanted to increase their minimum wage so that people making all of our pants could make a decent living right they went and were like nah don't do that <laughs> you can't give people more money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, instead of like letting them ask for more money to make it less of an incentive to offshore like uh denim factories here. No yeah, and it's like if leftism is so bad, and like look, I get like I'm not a leftist myself. I but I, I have sympathies for certain like leftist values. I think I always will. Um, because that shit's that shit's complicated, but like 
if leftism is so bad and these left-wing governments are so bad and they're and it, and it always fails right that's what you always get from like the prager use of the world it's like why does it take the american government to help fail. them fail right well why don't we just let them fail on their own like why do we have to like topple governments and completely take away any uh any sense of stability that these people have that cause them to migrate to that to our border and come into our country in the first place like those are the second third and fourth order consequences that our government is so bad at at, at understanding and like you would at least have a defense like say you're the biden administration now and you in none of these coups had ever taken place over the past 30 years you still have governments failing these left-wing governments failing which is certainly possible most most leftist governments have failed before uh they would uh um what what is it left hand path satanism you support satan i yeah i guess i do I, <laughs> satan's all right i knew um, it <laughs> i fucking knew so, it <clears throat> so Corey, Corey exit stream you let this uh you let this uh you just let these governments topple on their own at least if you're the biden administration now you 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 would never have to answer those questions. They don't have to answer those questions anyway, but those questions wouldn't even be being asked. Anyway. All I heard was you're a dirty Satanist. I guess I'm a, I'm a dirty Satanist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. I just wanted to uh talk about that, how it's just funny to me. How the government, you know, like when you when you hear the like Reagan's little uh nine words the nine scariest words or whatever it's i'm from the government i'm here to help it's probably yeah. like the most yeah 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 weighted thing that he said that has any sort of truth to it well and that's the and that's the scary thing about that's that's what actually is scary about socialism and and communism and it's real like when when com, with, that's usually what the next step is is like outright communism when the when you have the government going ah we're here to help you yeah, let me just help you out. Hey, let me just yeah. stop. Let me just stop your uh, strike. You want to take railroads, and then the government's here to help and get sixty percent of you some health care and safety <laughs> precautions that you want. We're gonna call it a win. Yeah, the immigration debate was an absolute disaster, and honestly, I think everything that and they all agreed, like they all were oh, shouting yeah. over each other of how they just need to secure the border and send everyone back. And all then they were like, they were all telling each other that they're wrong, but then all saying the same thing. But every the, Republican on stage is a really good person. Yeah, yeah. Vivek, Vivek, Vivek was showing a lot of love the second time because of the fact that the first time they all hated him. He was a prick. Well, they still they still spent like the whole time just completely just, attacking him. And oh, yeah. Here's and he's like, can't we just be friends? And they're like, dude, you all said we were bought and paid for last time. And I was yeah, like, well, it's the, still true. The thing is, the thing is, it's working because he was, he was, he, you, you, I don't know that he demonstrated it because he's a pretty good orator. He speaks really well. But like, I got this sense that Vivek was a little bit more flustered last night. Like his, his take on immigration and the 14th amendment was one of the dumbest things I heard oh any of the God. candidates any of the candidates say last night. So I, I actually, cause I don't expect everybody to just memorize the 14th amendment. The only part that matters as far as like the illegal immigration context is section one. There's five sections to the 14th amendment. I'm just going to read it for you real quick. Section one of the 14th amendment States, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. That's the only time citizens ever 
is mentioned within this section. And it goes on to say, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law or deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection under the law. So equal protection under the law applies to any human being in with residing within your jurisdiction at any given time. It says nothing about citizens right. other than the statement and not only of that, privileges that, and immunities. Like context is important when it comes to our amendments and things like that. And that was written straight in regards to slavery. Yes. And Tim Not Scott made sure to bring that up. Which and was like the only good thing he said all night. The reason this applies to the idiocy of what Vivek said was that he he essentially said that because they're illegal immigrants, uh, any child born of an illegal immigrant doesn't have protection under the 14th Amendment because since they're illegal, they're not under the jurisdiction uh, of wherever they are. And Corey, you brought up a great point in the pre-show. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll say it yeah, again. Go ahead. Like, so here's the thing is like he's talking like out of one side of their mouth. They say that children being born here by illegal immigrants are protected because they're not under the jurisdiction of the law. But then out of the other side of their mouth, they also call them illegal immigrant immigrants, implying that they're here illegally because they're under the jurisdiction of the law. If that sounded dumb, it was kind of implied because that's kind of what his his thought process is. Here. How, yeah, exactly. How can they be illegal immigrants if they're not under? Yeah, they would just be what? What are those like? Those free staters? Those people that say they're sovereign citizens? Yeah, sovereign citizens. Yeah, they're just sovereign citizens. Why? Yeah, they aren't under the jurisdiction. Like that's that's exactly what they would be, and that's that's honestly like I've said for a long time that Section One of the 14th amendment is like one of my favorite things about our constitution, which was, which was the bringing about of, of equal protection under the law. Anybody mm -hmm. within, within state jurisdiction has equal protection under the law. So yeah, even if you're not, even if you're not a citizen, right, exactly. That, you know what I mean? Like say you're here visiting and something happens and you pull some dumb shit, you're getting the same protection as anyone else would, because that's what a free country does. Well, and not to mention to make Vivek's point about the f section one of the 14th Amendment not applying to uh, children of illegal immigrants. OK, if the if these illegal immigrants are not under uh, are not subject to the to our jurisdictions. So if if an illegal immigrant goes and uh, like robs a store and the store calls the cops and they get there, they find out they're an illegal immigrant and they go, oh, sorry, can't arrest him. They're not, they're under, not our under our jurisdiction. <laughs> oh my God. Vivek, dude, no. I don't need a spam caller as president. That's fair. That's fair. What's, what's funny is like, of the people on that stage, this is such a low bar, but if I, if I had to choose, well, if I had to choose any of them, honestly, this is going to sound silly, but I'd probably choose Doug Burgum, but in, in the same way that I would have chosen John Kasich in 2016, but like, we'll just we'll like Doug Burgum aside, uh, anybody that's like polling over 4%. My biggest takeaway from Doug Burgum was yeah. the guy barely got to talk at all and barely got to say anything at all. And then everyone the whole night is all yelling at each other and talking over each other. <laughs> And then there was a point where he goes, I had to respond to this. <laughs> like the first time he spoke out of turn. Every, t yeah, every one time. of the moderators goes, hey, listen, if you keep this up, we're going to have to cut your mic off. Doug, Doug. <laughs> like, 
Doug, take a clonopin and sit down, bro. Like he was, he was like, like waving his hands. Hello, hello, I'm here. You know? <laughs> like, I, over here. And then he finally I, started talking. They're like, hey, shut up or we'll shut you up. Well, what's funny is like, the, he's the only guy on that stage that like, even though he seems kind of lost sometimes, he's like the only guy on that stage that like ever makes like any sort of salient point. He didn't he's pull not, out his pocket constitution this time. He didn't, but like he, I mean, he's, he, he interrupted to to interject about subsidies for for electric vehicles giving money to china how like you know evs aren't as fucking clean as we all think they are like that was that was like a yeah, salient no, evs point are just nimby evs then, are just the perfect example of not in my backyard and then you know he 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 brought up the the whole point about um you know stepping on second amendment rights isn't going to fix crime like that's a 100% true we know that's true Mm-hmm. Like he's the only one that, all night that like made points that mattered, but like he did it in at times where maybe they weren't being heard. And then, you know, he kind of lost me when he like went the fucking neocon route of like, Hey, we have to defend Ukraine and Taiwan. And then I'm like, Oh, Doug, you had me there for a minute, brother. <laughs> Imagine if you're putting those resources into shoring up relationships with countries that are actually growing and are going to be a player in the economic or geopolitical strategic playing field like india or south korea or vietnam speaking of that um when it comes to like the BRICS thing did you hear what marco rubio said a couple weeks ago Mm -mm. he goes BRICS is going to be a problem because it's going to it's going to interrupt our ability to sanction people (laughs) oh no (laughs) you mean we overplayed our hand with russia and it didn't do shit and now they're more solidified and and making more money than ever you mean BRICS is going to prevent us from like invoking economic terrorism? Wow, that's <laughs> a bummer. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Fucking Marco Rubio. <laughs> oh, man. You anyway. think Marco Rubio also stashes his money in under uh, beds and in the pockets of coats with his name on him and then will claim it's a Cuban thing? Yeah, I think they all do that. That's what, yeah, <laughs> according to Menendez. You want to move on to that? We can move on to no, that. No, no, no. We oh, still yeah. have plenty to talk we about. Still plenty to, still plenty to shit. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really sh- who haven't we shit on yet? Oh, Nikki Haley. Oh, okay, well, I got a whole list. So Mike Pence didn't say anything didn't, all night. Didn't answer any questions he was asked. He just my notes for Mike Pence. Tangent. My notes that I took for Mike Pence, it's blank. I didn't write anything yeah, down. I just have <laughs> all I have for Mike Pence is he's a right to work bitch. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was. Oh no, no! About- I did write down one thing. I did write down one thing. He said. He said that the way to curb mass shootings is to expand the death penalty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Jesus Christ! No, I think. I think idiot. right now, what one of the major curves to uh, the uh, mass shootings is what Michigan actually did with the uh, what's his fuck that little prick, Crumbly uh, or Crumbly? the Oxford yeah. shooter. Yeah, how they're going hard after the parents. Held the parents responsible. Yeah. Absolutely. No, 100%. You know, like, it's, it's, especially when it's the parents' fucking guns. And, like, most of the time, or the parents are helping them get the guns and different things like that. Like, there's a, there's got to be a responsibility for this type of shit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't see how that can't be considered some form of manslaughter, you know, if you're a crazy fucking teenager. You know, if you first of all, if you buy them a gun, which is what they did for Ethan Crumley, the Ox- mm-hmm. Oxford shooter, they bought him that gun um, for him. It was his gun. 
they said, well, we keep it locked up. It's like, well, obviously you can still get to it. But yeah, like if a crazy well, I mean, kid- as a responsible gun owner, if that gun's registered to my name, that gun is my responsibility. Yeah, 100%. As you it know, should be. All of my guns. Um, Unfortunately, that if anyone's listening, the guns that I lost in a boating accident, I'm in the boat saying, can I lost all my guns? Uh, <laughs> gotta go find them. Better go find them. They're registered to you, Corey. Yeah, good luck to you, ATF. Go find them. Somebody could... Uh, Somebody could magnet fish those things out and kill somebody. Uh, uh, Ramaswamy, I, I have a, he, he tried lost. to be wave friendlier. Every point he gained in the first debate, he lost in the second one, in my view. I just thought it was hilarious that he was trying to be more friendly. Like you could tell that he pays attention to like what the focus groups and stuff say mm-hmm. because he tried to be wave friendlier and stuff this time. And the others were like, nah, fuck you. He was, and he was so unhinged on immigration, both with that 14th amendment comment but like, um, you know, using resources to round up kids born of, I don't know that he was trying to say that like this or if it came out clunky, but this is kind of how I heard it. Like, we're going to round all these these kids that were born of illegal immigrants up and send them back just like we would anybody else. It's like, yeah, because the fucking five-year-old that was born in Texas to an illegal immigrant is the one sneaking fentanyl over the border, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. what? seriously? He's and And then like, I, one of the things that I can't stand about folks like Vivek who come over here while well, his parents came over here and, and like he gets to pursue the American dream and then they're fucking ladder pullers, dude. They want to pull the ladder up behind them. Like I have an issue with that. Then yeah, he's a yeah. ladder puller. Yeah, Vivek, he really dropped the ball on this one. Um, uh, oh, the last thing about Vivek that I have, and I don't know if you have anything else, uh, but uh, he, he wanted to go like full Chinese Communist Party and take away TikTok from anyone under the age of 16. <laughs> don't you love some authoritarianism? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I don't love TikTok. I probably wouldn't want my kid using it. But again, that's my choice. I It's my responsibility to keep the TikTok away from the kid. It's not your responsibility as president to keep TikTok yeah. off of my yeah, kid's phone. Yeah, stop telling me I'm inept at being an individual in a free country. And, and a parent. Go- and that the government has to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, isn't that the Republicans? Weren't they bitching about that stuff for a while? Saying yeah. that, like in this, that's another thing too. It's like in the same breath, they also say the parents need to know with their kids and the it's up to the parents to decide these different things when it comes to trans rights. Right, right, right. But when it comes to any sort of social media platform that the that America can't just infiltrate like Twitter or Facebook, then no, we got to get rid of it. It's making me need to pour a bourbon. boy, What bourbon? Not is an that? ad. I got some uh, wild turkey rare breed here. Nice. Not an ad. Wild I'm turkey no worries. Uh, Imperial apple from Blake's. <laughs> Blake's. And then I also have uh, Burgum. One of the things he did say, this was kind of pissing me off about... Uh, like the like the UAW thing mm-hmm. with the with the strikes going on and stuff, they all blamed it on Biden, Bidenomics. Mm-hmm. They all blamed them wanting to strike because of Biden, and it was like the sole reason for it was Biden. Well, they struck in 2019 when Trump was still president, or at least GM did. And you know, and it's just it's never mind the 50 years of worker decline as production has skyrocketed and wages have stayed stagnant. Never mind that. Never mind that this has been going on since like 1972 when production has skyrocketed and wages are equivalent to like adjusted for inflation are basically at the same rate. While CEOs and stuff, their wages have gone up like three, four hundred percent or something like that. Right. 
It's just, it's bullshit. I hate that shit. I hate, I hate the idea of just blaming. Just, yeah, just all of these people striking and stuff. It's, it's Biden's fault. There's so, it is, I mean, it is partially Biden's fault, right? I mean, oh, because he's actually encouraging it a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, and not just that, but it's like you, the Biden administration and like every administration pulls this bullshit, right? Like they give you these, they give you these fake numbers. Like they give you the unemployment number, which doesn't obviously doesn't account for anybody who's not actively trying to get into the workforce. So it's like, Oh my God, unemployment's at 3%, but it, it's not factoring anybody who's not looking, who's not looking for work. So that number is always bullshit. And then when they do the, 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 the inflation numbers, it's always, it's always a compounding number, right? So if last year inflation was at 7%, they say, well, it's, it, it's down, uh, 3%. Well, no, it's not. It's just up 3% from the original 5% that you had before, or it's down 3% from the original 5% that you had before. Like they take these, they take these numbers and they, and they turn them into bullshit. So it's like when you have, and Trump did it too. I mean, every presidential administration does this to make themselves look, to make themselves look better. And so, so like, yeah, you can partially blame some of this on Biden for not, while I don't think that all of this inflation is 100% his fault because it's not because Trump artificially kept the interest rates low, which is always an issue. Um, but yeah, he hasn't done enough. His administration hasn't done enough to curb this inflation. So yeah, you can say that this is, you know, Biden's partially to blame for this. Strike. So I had, I had a, uh, a bit of a, th- like a little thought turning in my head, like, Oh, look out. Right. Uh, like, we keep attacking all of these issues where like the American dream is becoming more and more out of reach for the average American every single day. Mm-hmm. And so we're all talking about just raising wages, right? Just got to raise them wages. And the thought process I had was the idea that like, I don't know if it's a wage issue as much as it is, as like a supply issue for like different assets and stuff. Because even if you're, making 15, 16 bucks an hour, working 40, 50 hours a week. Everyone's pretty much got the nice flat screen TV. They got the, they got the council, you know, they got their books, they got a phone, they got all the commodities. They got all the consumerism aspect of capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's got Amazon prime. Everyone's got this type of shit, but still they can't afford a house. They can't afford a decent car. They can't afford, you know, like, uh, any sort of other assets of actually trying to save money, invest money, and things like this, because all these things that are important in building wealth are unattainable. But when it comes to just the basic like threads you want to wear, the shoes, everyone can get all this stuff super cheap. That not necessarily raising wages will fix these problems, but like figuring out how to get rid of the bottleneck on the supply of the assets and bringing that down is the problem. Well, just ask RFK Jr. You got to hmm. blame, you got to blame BlackRock. That's very true. For buying up all of the single, buying up all the single family homes at cash price at, at, cash value blackrock vanguard no you're absolutely right and that's the thing is like they're artificially but then you have people that go this is a sign of capitalism failing it's not no this is that's it... not capitalism no this is this is cronyism this the capitalism is fine i would even argue that everyone striking doing through collective bargaining is a sign of capitalism and it's a response to capitalism yes because because work and labor 
is a form of payment. I mean, it yep. is a, it is another free it is a free market thing. You trade your labor and your time and your energy for money. Like the the employer is getting something out of this too. And that's why, you know, when people talk about the minimum wage, um can't remember if it was Hoppe or one of the one of the great libertarian thinkers. I I'm sure one of our uh, our libertarian uh folks will correct me on this, but they they stated as if um minimum wage is not like the like liberals treat minimum wage like it's a floor right like we're lifting the floor so that everybody can get raised up but that's not really what it is minimum wage is a hurdle that you're trying to get over and when you keep raising it well now it's that hurdle is much higher because if you have a zero skilled worker that comes into the <laughs> workforce that is not worth $15 an hour well, how do they get over that hurdle? Because now the employer won't hire them because they're not worth that $15 an hour. Right. That makes sense. No, it so makes sense. If if minimum wage is zero, well, now workers can are like it's it's easier for for businesses to hire these workers because now they can be trained up and they don't have as high of a hurdle to jump over. Like the 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 moral reasoning for minimum wage to me is understandable. I get like what you're what your goal is when you raise the minimum wage, it right. just never works out that way. Yeah. I'm at the point where either it's like, and like, and I also think about ideas like if you uh, like created almost like a minimum wage tiered system to where it's like, if you are a minor, you can get paid a little bit less if you're part-time, if it's like jobs like that, like there's or a small business, like those tiers should be different. But if you get to the point where you're in the economy and you're working 40 hours a week, I think that you should be able to do whatever you're doing for 40 hours a week. You should be able to afford, you know, a house or at least shelter, food. And uh, right. But you also see how without like, having to rely on the government for anything. If you're paying if you're paying a minimum wage worker $15 an hour and maybe that worker is only worth eight or nine dollars an hour, you're now devaluing the dollar. Right. And then that on that same thing of what's going to happen is if you're raising minimum wage Which that high inflation, the company is going to only hire one person, not two. Right. You and know you, what I mean? You, 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 and, now, and then and the less skilled worker has no way to compete because the, le the like a worker with zero skills can only compete against another worker with zero skills, mm -hmm. you know, and it's probably going to be his or her drive or willingness to learn that's going to get that person that job. Oh, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, brother. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, that was a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a minimum wage tangent. My libertarian came out in me there for a second. Um, Christie he called out Trump's seven trillion, and so did DeSantis, which I think is important because uh, during all of COVID, there was I think an, a, a roughly ten trillion dollars thrown into the economy. And that's also another reason for inflation. Yeah, like Trump's just as responsible for the start of this inflation as Biden is for not curbing it. Enough. Absolutely. They're both responsible. Absolutely. Like I don't, you remember, there's no way you can look at it and where that's not the case. There was backstops into the, like he spent trillions of dollars in backstops on the uh, uh, stock market. There was the money he sent out, the $2,000 of uh, stimulus checks. All sorts of stuff. The PPPs, the uh, that got forgiven. The uh, what else was there? There was a couple things. 
but there was yeah. there was the, the 2017 tax cuts to corporations like it, there was there was a whole a whole plethora of things where he should have focused on something more substantial for the american people like he promised in his campaign um and these are the, these are the things that his sycophants always miss oh and then so i'm just running down my list right now um desantis made a gaffe about confucius do you remember that i don't remember that what happened there Oh, I might have missed it? that part. He, he was talking about the CCP. And then he said something like, we don't need Confucius or the Chinese or something like that. But like he attacked uh, Confucius. He attacked uh, the fucking religion. Like, <laughs> like it, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it. Are you quick. talking about Taoism? Yeah, he attacked the Taoists. Confucius was a Taoist, right? I don't, I don't know. I'm not like an expert on world religions. I know a little, a very little bit on world religions. Uh, yeah, I'll let you find it because the only other thing I have to say about DeSantis is like, it's funny because you know he probably said that as I was writing down my note on DeSantis because it was just like all he did was fearmonger about China and about how China's going to pass us in the next decade when almost. Almost any model suggests that, yes, China may continue to grow for a little while, but they are ultimately going to economically get too big for their britches, which is why they're going around the world waging economic war in the way that we wage military war. Like we go in and we take shit by force. China goes in and fucking says, hey, we'll build this stuff for you, but you're going to owe us all this money. And then and that's how they they hold uh, other foreign governments hostage. Uh, forever it was it was more than just a gaffe apparently i'm looking at this article from the collegefix.com from june 2021 and florida republican governor ron DeSantis recently signed two bills aimed at stopping the influence of the chinese communist party and other foreign adversaries on college campuses the bills passed unanimously also aimed to stop foreign espionage against companies he prohibited uh confucius um institutes from Florida. So he, he prohibited a religion. Oh yeah, baby. Using the power of the state to stomp on the first amendment. Love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah we call we've been calling the Santa out on that now though, for what, two years, a year at least. Oh, conservatives don't do that though. They're all about the free speech now, Corey. They don't, they don't nope. step on your first amendment. Only when it suits their fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, very, very, it's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like Republicans and Democrats are exactly the same. I, I and then another one was uh, anytime he was asked about foreign policy, like with Ukraine and all this stuff. And this was something I saw a lot of them do. They kept pivoting back to domestic policy regarding our border. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Thanks for making me feel confident in your foreign policy, because all you know is domestic policy. Yeah. And then uh, DeSantis talking about like, oh, America is in decay, like this, this complete fucking doomerism. That the, that I, DeSantis honestly does it the worst because like I'll give I'll give people like Ramaswamy a little bit of credit because as much as as much as he was awful last night and he was absolutely awful <coughs> like he's the only person on that stage maybe Doug Burgum but he didn't speak enough um, but he's the only person on that stage that's like optimistic you know he's like no you, he's like no we can definitely fix this stuff we can definitely fix this stuff and I can at least appreciate that aspect of what Ramaswamy has to say. I mean, I think at the end of the day, he's just another Soros turd, probably. I don't know. But, you know, he, he DeSantis with the doomerism, America's in decay, and we need to back the police. Like, 
I mean, like that is why his polling numbers have fallen so far, because first of all, he speaks like he just got out of like an ice bath. It's like the way he looks. He just looks like he's he smelled a fart constantly. Like he doesn't even know how to make a good face. That's when he smiles. Yeah, but Tucker DeSantis as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just he doesn't speak well, and then he just he just regr- just vomits out neoconservative talking points. That's all he does the entire time. Uh, yeah, and then all you had was Christie, who basically just spent the entire time attacking Trump. I think actually I have a little bit of respect for Chris Christie I, that I didn't have before the first debate and when he announced because honestly I think Chris Christie's just having fun out there trying to shit on Trump. Like I think it's like the only reason he's there. He's he doesn't have a the shot spotlight. in hell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite thing Christie said was, um, uh, how are we going to stop crime? Tell me if you've heard this one before, Corey. How are we going to stop crime? We're going to reinstitute law and order. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, what the, nobody know, nobody even knows what that means. They just, no one knows what it means. They clap and they cheer. That it's just good. provocative. It's nobody like knows what it means. It's provocative. Oh, we didn't, we, oh, we, we missed Nikki Haley. Oh, is, that because, is, that just, because, is that because we're sexist? Um, a win for Russia is a win for China. <laughs> yeah. I like. I, have written down. I like all the wars. <laughs> that's that's basically Nikki Haley. Yeah, any war that I don't have to physically be involved in is a win for me. And then, like, she was like, "Okay, you were speaking to the American people who have trouble." And this isn't like an indictment on anybody because, like, I'm no smarter than any of the people that were watching this either. But like. She's like talking about the healthcare system and like rambling for like three sentences on tort law as if anybody knows what the, like as if anybody who had didn't go to law school d- knows what the fuck tort law even is. Good day to you fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. Let me guess. You have to look it up right now because you don't know what it is. You don't, I had you don't to look know. it up yesterday. Tort law is just about civil cases. Yeah, it's like essentially just rambling about tort law. And then the healthcare industry is the uh, this was actually a good point she made. The healthcare industry is the only industry to absorb more money and become less productive over the last 20 some odd years. And she's right about that. But then they tried to blame it all on Obamacare. And it's like, yeah, Obamacare didn't help. But it ain't, it ain't the reason the healthcare right. system became less productive. Um, and but she, I'll give her, I'll give her credit on this. She said uh, school choice, good. She likes school of choice, so we support Nikki Haley on that, or at least I do. Um, and then she got really unhinged about TikTok <laughs> when Ramaswamy was talking about TikTok. She's like, she clutched her pearls so hard when she started talking about, oh, you you want to allow the American people to get on TikTok because they shit. And Ramaswamy had a really good response to this. Because um, they asked him about him getting on TikTok because he recently got on TikTok and he's basically like, look, I'm a younger candidate and we need to reach younger voters and we need to meet them where they are, which I actually thought was a good answer. Honestly, like if younger people yeah. are on TikTok and you, and you want and you need their votes, 
you know, maybe sacrifice your uh, data to the uh, to the CCP to make it happen. I don't know. Anyway, fucking mess. Forty two minutes. <laughs> Forty Forty two minutes on perhaps the collapse of all debates in the in the United. In- no, it was so bad. That's the worst debate um, I've ever seen. I've ever seen. I don't know, man. It was the worse than Trump Biden. Biden. It was worse no, than Trump Biden. That first bump, Trump Biden. Well, I guess it was easier to handle, I guess, for the moderators with Trump and Biden. Because it was just because there was only two of them. There yeah. wasn't eight people all trying to yell over each other. But both of them are just like, what the fuck is going oh, on? Oh, they're all terrible. The, the debates are just they're they're worthless. That's why I said, like, folks, don't watch it. Just listen to our podcast. We'll 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 give you the we'll give you the points. We'll lose neurons while we're doing it, but we'll uh we'll get there for you. Um, so Canada, Corey is going straight fascist, eh? Like it's actually like, they're not even trying to deny it anymore. Uh, oh, is that what we're going for? Yeah. yeah Nazis are cool again. Trudeau probably said. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who hasn't heard this story yet, uh, Canadian house common speaker, uh, Anthony Rhoda invited a 98 year old from the, Wa- from the 14th Waffen SS division, Yaroslav Hunka to attend an address by Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, I I don't remember what day this was, but it was uh, late late last week. And yeah, everybody stood up and applauded this man, including Justin Trudeau. (laughs) And why why would they invite him? Uh, Because he's a Canadian hero from his time fighting the Soviets in World War II. Are we really at a point where like certain nations leaders uh, don't realize that we were on the same side? as the Soviets trying to take down Nazis. Like I th- is like, is this a joke? This has to be a joke. It's not a joke. No, it's, it's not a joke. <laughs> According to, uh, so on Friday, Oh yeah. So it was last Friday, September 22nd, mm. the Canadian parliament hosted an address by Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky during the event. Anthony Rhoda, the speaker of the house of commons invited Yaroslav Hunka, a 98 year old Ukrainian veteran to attend the event and called him a hero in front of the parliament. Well, Hunka was a member of the 14th Waffen SS Grenadier Division, also known as the first Galatian division, which was a voluntary unit. And that's the thing is he volunteered. <laughs> you volunteering a voluntary unit made up of mostly ethnic Ukrainians under Nazi command during World War II. The division is accused of killing Polish and Jewish civilians, although it has not been found guilty of any war crimes by a tribunal. Roger Marks prompted a standing ovation from the parliament's pre- parliamentarians present, including Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. However, Roder later said that he did not know that Hunka, Hunka's Nazi t- know of Hunka's Nazi ties, and he made a mistake in inviting him to the event. I mean, hold on. Okay, so he didn't know of Hunka's Nazi ties. Did he not even bother to look into like what division he fought for? Because it's a situation where it's like, you know, you hear a lot of like... Dan, I'm going to just cut you off and say none of the leaders are looking up to who they're supporting over there in Ukraine. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to like throw some common sense on this, right? Because you often have like some like weird, like quasi-Nazi sympathizers that are that are like, well, you know, not all the German soldiers were bad. Not all of them knew what they were doing over there. And it's like, yeah, but it's just like, so like, let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let's give this 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka the benefit of the doubt. He was there to, you know, defend the cause or whatever. Didn't have a problem with Jews. Wasn't trying to what, kill Jews. What cause, Dan? 
whatever, whatever, whatever cause, what cause do American soldiers fight for? Do they even know half the time anymore? I don't think they do. So like, that's true. So like you look like, even if you give him the benefit of the doubt and you say, okay, well, you know, that's, he was, he wasn't an anti-Semite. He didn't want to kill Jews. He just was fighting for the, for this cause. Right. It's like, maybe just think about the optics for one second then and leave this 98 year old man alone. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe just for all of those reasons for like, we don't like Nazis reasons. And maybe this man really is innocent, but now he's in the spotlight at 98 years old. You know what I mean? Like maybe for all of those reasons, just don't do this thing. <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm, am I an idiot? Am I crazy? Am I missing something here? I don't know. I mean, I I'm feel idiot, like but... just quickly grasping at straws just to find someone to praise because they're Ukrainian to the point that <laughs> ends up being an actual Nazi. Only really that they were that they just did such little research and they thought that this guy fought on the side of the Soviets before they invited him. They but wouldn't that... have invited him if he fought for the Soviets. Right. Doesn't make sense. Right. It's just so weird. It's so fucking weird. That's funny. It's not so, funny. <laughs> as I laugh funny. about it, as I laugh about it, 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 oh, it the it, Canadians love Nazis. Big deal. Yeah. So do we, we give them a bunch of money. Yeah. We have John Stewart pinning medals on them at fucking Disney world, uh, which Walt Disney would love. So what, so what are you a Putin apologist, Corey? You're a Putin apologist. Yeah. It's like, it's like, even if you think about it in context, of a, a Nazi II, would say that Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what a straight white male. Uh, so <laughs> a, a, a Nazi, you, even, like think about this, even in like in the context of world war two. Right. So hindsight being 2020 in history, we know, we know this, this, what I'm about to say to be true. Uh, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin were almost equally evil. Would you agree with that? 100%. Most historians would agree with that. We still like picked a side in that war and fought alongside one of those one of those evil men. Well, <sighs> sorry, I'm drinking an El Chavo and it's a little spicy. Well, what were we were we trying to defend the USSR's sovereignty, Corey, like we are today for the Ukrainians? No, no. So if you remember World War II. I don't remember it, Corey. I wasn't alive. I was. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the only reason we fought with the Russians, because it was just a tactical advantage, because when the war started, Russia and and Germany were on the same side. So like, well, if, no, if that's Hitler, not true. That's not true. Yeah, that is. No, Hitler. Hitler gave Stalin a non-aggression pact. It wasn't. I wouldn't say they were fighting on the same side. And then he they, violated the so, non-aggression pact. So yeah, they were basically like, "Hey, let us do our thing. You do your thing." Because you know. Hit, Hitler's worst nightmare was what actually took place in Berlin about a couple days after he died, which is where he saw this hammer and sickle. Where he would have seen if he were still alive, the hammer and sickle flying above Berlin. That's true. He fucking hated the Soviets. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like I think that was us just taking advantage of Hitler's blunder. We weren't necessarily on the side of the Russians, even though history shows that every time there is a huge catastrophe, the Russians and the Americans do seem to always end up on the same side. So that's interesting what you just brought up. 
because here's the thought I had based off of what you just said. So we decided to side with the Soviets in World War II because it was Hitler that was the aggressor, correct? It was Hitler that was the aggressor. It was Hitler that moved west first and then uh, obviously made the mistake of moving east. Uh, so now we have a situation where if you listen to enough punditry without putting it in context of what happened before, because history didn't start until this war began, of course. Putin's Hitler. Uh, Putin is the aggressor. So now it's okay for us to defend the Nazis in Ukraine. To where when the Nazis were the aggressor. Yeah. We defended the, the commies. We defended and the now commies. now that the commies are the aggressor, we defend the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> it's asinine. I don't believe that to be true because I know that history didn't start in uh, whatever it was, uh, May of or February of 2022, whenever Putin invaded. But it's just like, it's so silly how we can rationalize these things so fast because we have such short memories. Yeah. It's such short memories. Anyway. Here's the corruption. Disclaim uh, your Cuban heritage. Just claim your Cuban heritage. Can we get Roger on the phone? Let's see how Roger <laughs> feels about uh, <laughs> about Menendez. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pull that up real quick. I don't have it in front of me. So, uh, eh, where the fuck did it go? So, yeah, you go ahead. Bob, Menen Bob Menen Menendez and his wife were indicted on Friday, September 22nd, 2023 on corruption-related offenses for the second time in 10 years. <laughs> They are accused of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes from the three New Jersey businessmen from three New Jersey businessmen in exchange for the senator's influence. The bribes allegedly included gold, cash, home mortgage payments, compensation for a lower no-show job, and a Mercedes-Benz. The three businessmen are Whale Hanna, Jose Yerib, and Fred Dibes. And I absolutely butchered those names. Damn. I'm pretty sure you butchered all three of them. He was previously indicted in 2017 on charges of conspiracy, bribery, and honest service fraud related to ale alleged personal favors for his longtime friend and donor, Solomon Melgan. He was accused of taking campaign donations and lavish trips from, from Melgan, a South Florida opth ophthalmologist. He did eye doctor. That, Just yeah, an, eye, an doctor. eye doctor. He did not. Can't you see what's going on here, Dan? <laughs> I see what you did there. He denied that the benefits from Melgan were bribes and that and that the said gifts came from a longtime personal friend. His trial ended in a mistrial after the jury voted 10 to 2 for acquittal. Prosecutors eventually chose not to retry the case. Melgan was separately convicted of Medicare fraud, that, but, but then was pardoned by Trump, which is actually really interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? He was also investigated in 2006 by the then U.S. Attorney Chris Christie on suspicion of steering federal funds to a local nonprofit, but prosecutors closed the case without filing charges. The issues in question was if it was a conflict of interest for Menendez to collect over $300,000 in rent on a property he owned from a group that receives federal aid. Menendez said the House Ethics Committee told him at the time it was okay. He... Uh, Yep, Menendez has slammed the latest indictment as an attempt to silence his voice and dig his political grave. He has claimed he is being targeted by the justice system because of his Latino heritage. Wow. Oh, God. He is expected to address his Democratic Senate colleagues for the first time since he was indicted, which was actually yesterday. He was supposed to talk to them. I don't know what he said. But yeah, he just blamed it on being Cuban. Dude, it's a place. It's like, like it's like Cuomo when he's and they're like, hey man, you're really touchy-feely with these women. And he's like, hey, I'm Italian. Hey, it's my heritage. I'm Italian. We touch aces. 
Yeah, I touch butts and kiss everybody. I like to touch your sister's ass. Uh, yeah, so what? I'm Italian. <laughs> Menendez. So now, so now Cubans. What I love just... about Menendez what the thing was how he responded to this, other than you know saying that he's being targeted for his Cuban heritage, and saying these are baseless accusations, and saying that prosecutors have misrepresented the normal work of the congressional office. Well, you got that right, buddy, because we all know you're all corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not this. just you. You're just someone with the hand caught in the cookie jar. <sighs> That's why I look at this and I go, like, how much of this, this is what, like, what? This is what we all do. How much of this is like a John Gruden situation? For those who aren't football fans, uh, John Gruden, famous head coach of the Oakland Raiders, then Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and he was, but he, he, there were some emails that surfaced from John Gruden where he was saying some racist shit. I mean, and these are on like, like NFL servers, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, if in, in like, he obviously got thrown under the bus. He was canceled. He was fired. All of the things that, you know, you would expect. And I was okay with it. Like, I'm like, eh, you know, probably shouldn't be saying racist shit in emails or at all. Um, but my thought was like, this man had a high bar to set for people, Dan. This man, but my, my my whole point about it was like this this man had to have been scapegoated, right? Because if you have one NFL head coach that's like openly saying racist shit in like NFL circle emails to where he feels he, like it's okay. Yeah, you know other people are doing it too. So it's like something got out that this was happening and they had to like pick a guy to be like, all right, let's just you know let's just Dad, sacrifice it's funny you say that own. because I have the same thoughts about Mel Tucker. Oh, the Michigan State coach who was no, dude, that was unique. No, I think that everyone's just jacking off on the phone. He just got scapegoated to uh, uh, jacking off on the phone with uh, former sexual assault victims that you brought in to talk to your team about sexual assault. Yeah, come on, who doesn't do that? Yeah, every everybody does that. It happens every day. Uh, but yeah, that's what I feel like is kind of happening with Menendez here. Not that he shouldn't go; he's obviously corrupt. I don't fucking I think I don't have any ties to Menendez. But like that was kind of my first thought was like, okay, he's been in trouble. And because you look at it and you go, okay, he's already been investigated now for the third time. He's been charged now for the second time where they sit there and they go, oh, this is just like the perfect guy to scapegoat and be like, ah, just a one-off thing. No problem. I'm Italian. Your sister's ass. Uh, So yeah, that's what I feel like might be going on here. Well, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes, Dan. Either that, he was just that sloppy. Yeah, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes from Hunter S. Thompson. And I've said it on our show now a couple, a few dozen times at least. But it's, in a closed society where everybody's guilty, the only crime is getting caught. In a world of thieves, the only final sin is stupidity. He's just dumber than the rest of them. Yeah. I don't think think he's any more corrupt than any of the rest of them. He just got caught. And it seems like his his new wife that he just married in what like 2018 or 19 is a real anchor. I mean, she's just dra- he's dragging her around like an anchor. So, um, I have a little I have a piece here from Politico that's pretty short that I'll go over here. Did you just, you didn't read the Politico piece just now? Did you? I wasn't paying attention the whole time. No. Um. So this was put out by uh, John Gerstein. Um. Or Josh Gerstein? I don't know. Um, so uh, I got to get to the right spot. Uh, oh, by the way, you. the game did start at eight fifteen. I guess that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, Lions are on tonight. Uh, for years, Over forces behind the scenes have 
repeatedly attempted to silence my voice and dig my political grave, uh, said Menendez in a statement. Since the since this investigation was leaked nearly a year ago, there has been an, an active smear campaign of anonymous sources and innuendos <laughs> to create an air of impropriety where none exists. There's no way he wrote that. Like somebody wrote that for him. Uh, David Shirtler, uh, a lawyer for Menendez's wife, Nadine Menendez, the, the anchor that I was talking about, said Mrs. Menendez denies any criminal conduct and will vigorously contest these charges in court because she apparently is the um, what are the three names again, Corey? She's like um, buddies with uh, one of them. Um, um, Melgan was the one that he said he's longtime friends with. But then there was uh, Whale Hannah. Jose Uribe and Uribe 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 was uh, was Nadine's friend. Um, So Menendez and co-defendants will will make an initial court appearance Wednesday, which was today. And they pled not guilty, as you would uh, imagine. Uh, It's the second time Menendez was indicted. Menendez went to trial in 2017, resulting in a hung jury, though prosecutors briefly intended to retry the case. They soon gave up Uh, the latest indictment of the uh, prominent Democrat. (laughs) Animus a prominent Democrat gives the DOJ a chance to appear politically, politically even handed as it faces withering criticism from former president Donald Trump and his allies over the, over the two federal criminal indictments that Trump is under. That was kind of the point that I was getting at. Uh, the 39 page indictment alleges explosive conduct by Menendez who holds the powerful chair of the Senate foreign relations committee, which is important because one of these uh, charges is about uh, the, the, the Hana guy from Egypt essentially getting a monopoly on uh, halal meat exports, I believe is what it was, to Egypt. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when you the higher you get up in a committee, the easier you are or the more money you're going to need to charge for your bride. Yeah, he helped influence. Mon- and so that like it's so funny, too, right? Because what did I just mention earlier in the show? I was talking about how uh, Obama and Clinton were stifling any sort of free market like economy in Haiti when it came to Levi. And right. here he is trying to do the same thing with halal meats. Yeah. There's always money. There's always money behind it somewhere. Like there's always, that's the thing is like, he's just the guy that got caught is what I think. Um, and, and you, I think you think the same thing as well. Uh, all the alleged schemes occurred after Menendez began dating his now wife in early 2018. That's what I, that's what I mean. That's why I said like, this woman sounds like a complete anchor. Like he probably had a good thing going. He was just taking a few small bribes on the side. No problem. Forget about it. I don't know. Why am I talking about him? Like he's Italian. I, I got he's Cuomo. not Italian. He's Cuban. Yeah. I got Cuomo. Hey, I dare you to do a Cuban accent. Uh, no, I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I won't do it because I, because I think it'll be offensive to people. It's just like, it's something that I would have to work on. I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, right away but i'll work on it maybe uh for next week but the two married in october of 2020 uh in the first scheme according to prosecutors the senator quote provided sensitive u.s government information and took other steps that secretly aided the government of egypt as well as uh pressured an official at the u.s department of agriculture the usda to benefit the business of vial hana one of the three business people's defendants, Hannah, who is originally from Egypt, is a longtime friend of Nadine Menendez and had 
uh, close connections with Egyptian officials, according to the indictment. Shortly after Nadine Menendez began dating the senator, she and Hannah introduced Egyptian, Egyptian military and intelligence officers to the senator for the purpose of establishing and solidifying a corrupt, uh, a, a corrupt agreement in which Hannah, uh, assisted by the two other indicted business people, Fred Diabas, and I can't pronounce that name, but I do know Jose Yaribe, uh, provided hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to the couple, according to the indictment. In exchange for the bribes, the indictment says the senator took acts to benefit Hana and the Egyptian government, quote, including with respect to foreign military sales and foreign military financing, end quote, matters over which Menendez had significant influence as the chairman and prior to that, the ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So now we're talking about being able to sell weapons to effectively the Egyptian military uh, among other things, the indictment alleges at a dinner on May of in May of 2018, Menendez gave Hana non-public non-public information about the U S's provision of military aid to Egypt. After Hana texted an Egyptian official saying, quote, the ban on small arms and ammunitions to Egypt has been lifted. Uh, that makes, that means sales can begin. That will include sniper rifles among others, end quote. So this is just like, this is, this is the, the military industrial complex, the, the kind of the front end, like pawn version of it, where, you know, you, you don't quite have Raytheon and general dynamic involved in these indictments, but like, you can tell that's what this is. This is the gut. This is, this is the government. Uh, this is a government official taking bribes to allow the United States, a.k.a. Raytheon, uh, uh, Boeing, whomever, to now sell weapons to militaries that they could not have otherwise sold them to before. Good way to yeah. sum it up. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's basically he's crooked as shit. And promoting war, as you would imagine that any good establishment Democrat would do. Yeah, th there's more to this article, but like th that's like that's that's the main stuff right there. I mean, that's those are those are the two big things. Yeah, it just it just it cracks me up that like it just the the identity politics and things that we're always 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 bitching about on our show and like how it's just it's just well, literally just poison Corey, to any like, sort of progressivism in our country. That's the issue with constantly fighting culture wars. Like, I don't think it's going to work in Menendez's case. But it's like this idea that people can like do these things or at least allegedly. Right. Obviously, he deserves to stay in court. We'll give it to him. This is the United States. Like, we'll get him. A ch we'll give him a chance to defend himself. But like, let's be honest. Right. It doesn't look good. It's like it's the third time now he's been investigated and the, the second time now he's been charged. But again, he does deserve his day in court. But like this is the issue when you, when you when we fight so harshly over these culture wars is that now Menendez has the ability to just go yeah you know I'm being targeted for my race like <laughs> like that's all anybody has to say like if as long as they as long as they don't look like like you or me like you can just be like oh yeah I'm being targeted for my race and if things keep going this way and like more conservative people start to like come back in the culture war sphere. Corey, you and I might be able to do that. We might be able to be like, yeah, we're being we're being targeted because we're straight white males. Like, who knows? In in five years, that might actually be a legitimate defense. Anytime, it's all stupid. It's dumb. Then, anytime someone cuts in front of me because they didn't know better, 
They didn't see me in line at a grocery store. You just call them the N word and walk away. Any, don't any, any time that my that I can't that someone doesn't let me in when it's like when like a lane is ending and stuff in my car, I automatically assume it's because I'm a straight white male. So, oh, I, God, I thought you were going to say something so much more racist than that. Like, I automatically assume they're an Asian No, woman. Dan, I'm the victim here. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no, I'm the oppressed. I'm not the oppressor. Ah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, so if you get fired from your job, you know. <laughs> I, I blame my on-the-job site alcoholism on my Irish heritage. <laughs> they're targeting me for my Irish heritage. <laughs> It's like a drink. It's part of my culture. It's just know? a fight off the shakes. What? <laughs> uh, that's that's too funny. Dude, that was the thing that that was the biggest part that stuck out to me. It was like, really? Really? You're going to now like one of the most one Dude, of like, the to bring most up- disparaged people in the entire world, right? Is Cuban people under a communist dictatorship in Cuba as evidenced by these guys are literally just going to hop on yeah, doors they get from their house to, 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 to float across the, the ocean to get here. Right. But a lot of that's our fault. A hundred percent. Another I'm thing nobody wants to talk that. about. Uh, not my fault personally. I just mean the United States. So I got too drunk and then, you know, isn't it <laughs> weird though, that like Cuba, but is what like, I'm saying is, is this is, kind uh, of like weird, like left wing sort of quasi communist country that like, would probably be doing fine if we would just leave them alone and lift sanctions. I don't isn't it weird? Scale. Yeah, but like, isn't it? Isn't it like step like, out of the, line and you're fucked? But like, like the fact that, like the fact that they're like surviving without cars, like they're just refurbishing like cars from like the 1940s and 50s, and they're and they're like sort of doing okay, and they have like a they actually have a really good medical system. A lot of people don't know this. Like they have, yeah, no, they created, great they, they, they created a uh, vaccine for COVID that was like, it wasn't a damn near as effective as like Pfizer and BioNTech. Uh, Cuba's literacy rate is higher than I think America's. Oh, I'm right? sure it is. So is it, is it safe to say that like Cuba maybe is like, cause like everybody always says like communism always fails and never works. And and for the most part, I agree with that, right? Like we've seen, we've seen the history books. We know what happens when socialists. Cuba is somehow just is surviving. Like, yeah. Is it like the exception? Like is, they're not thriving. No, they're not all. thriving. They're not thriving, but they're, they're surviving. And imagine what could happen to them. If we lift the sanctions, imagine if I could just go to my local tobacconist and buy Cuban cigars for a reasonable price. Right. I would support it. I would support, I would or support Cuba. Or go and week. visit Cuba. As a country, well, you, you can do that now. Again, you can, or do you I still have to go so. through Canada? I believe we can go there now. I don't. I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Because I remember when that first when they first started doing that, like I remember thinking, like, my God, I could literally, if Cuba became a Maybe capitalist society, if Cuba was such a capitalist, society, oh, can we travel Cuba to Cuba became, from the United States now? If Cuba became like a capitalist society, we can go and make money. Like there's so much money on the table for me to just literally pack up all of my woodworking tools prohibited and, and fly okay, down to okay. Cuba. So you were right. You're right, Corey. Yeah. You know, like Obama made it allowable and yeah. then Trump made it illegal. Oh. And then Biden just pretended to not be Trump continues to follow said, time policy. Out. Time out. You, you, you can't travel for tourism, but I'm pretty sure you could travel for business. That's odd. 
Because yeah. there are there are so many embargoes in Cuba. Like, who's doing? <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, go ahead, try with it for business. Good luck. Yeah, but they can't restrict <laughs> travel. It's restricted only for tourism. Okay, so I'm just gonna say that I'm going for business. Like, I'm a I'm a tobacconist, man. I want to grow my own tobacco. I'm gonna go there and see what the Cubans do. Yeah. Thirteen official reasons why you can uh, travel there, but so in other words, there are kind of ways know. around it. You could fake yeah. it if you really wanted to. Just fake it till you but make the it. The flight's probably so fucking expensive, right? Because there's probably like twelve people a day that are trying to fly to trying to fly to Cuba. You know. just go through Canada. Three hundred and seventy bucks. That's it, dude. I'm yeah. going. What is that? One way. Yeah, one way, one step. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm going. You guys want to go to Cuba? So, mm, yeah, we can fly business. one way there, there, and then for the Gonzo experience, we can just float back on a door. We're going for business. We're going to interview Cubans. It's, it's business. You're allowed to go for journalism. Sweet. We're going. No, we need to make those press passes, huh? You're allowed to go for public performance, workshops, to support the Cuban people. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. That's so basically, but that's tourism because doesn't tourism support the Cuban people? Like, what a stupid army. But not in a sanctioned way, Dan. Oh my god! You need to go rule. there basically to say fuck communism. Oh, oh my god! What a opposite? Stu- you go there and you're like, guys, you're doing great. This is capitalism. Hey, you got a great product. Go you. But yeah, so like basically, like you were saying, I don't think like Menendez, like, and this is the thing too, right? Like when everyone's corrupt and the spotlight is getting a little too big, a little bit too close to burn everyone, there's going to be, there's going to be the, uh, the poster child to go, look, yeah, we actually, we don't like corruption. Look what we're doing. We're doing something. Yeah. Even though they're all just as fucking corrupt as he is. He's just the dumb one. Or his, his only sin is stupidity in the house because not all dumb, of the other ones are fucking stupid. If not dumb, the 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 brazen one, right? Because like, there's always that that story. Like you think, like you guys have seen the movie Goodfellas, right? One of my favorite fucking films. Like, there's always that point where you get a little too big for your britches and think you're too big and can get away with anything. You get Joe Pesci. And you get well. There's that, but there's also just like the the the, uh, the complete takedown of the mob, or at least as we as we know it and romanticize it. Right, Goodfellas sure. is such a good movie. You want to hear something Great. really funny on Great. my dumbass part? So I bought Goodfellas because I caught like you know how it's like a three hour movie. Yeah. Oh, you watched the second tape first. I think you told me this, right? Did I yeah, the joke? yeah, yeah, I yeah. The joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like. Yeah, like I saw, like I saw, like the last forty-five minutes of it, and I was like, "This is a good fucking movie," and so I bought it on DVD. Well, it's such a long movie that it's it's a two DVD movie. You watch the second one first, but it came as a single disc, and you just flip the disc. Oh, I remember those. I remember those. <laughs> and yeah, I played the part DVD. B, yeah, and I started the movie on part B for like a year and a half, <laughs> in which it started. It started off. On uh, uh, fucking what's his face? Ray Liotta's character's wife buzzing at his girlfriend's door, saying, "Oh you know, my like, god, you missed so much!" Yeah, for a long time, <laughs> dude. What, but how did you not like think like, why are there no opening credits? I was like, oh, "That's Martin Scorsese. It's a weird movie." 
<laughs> Martin Scorsese, you crazy some bitch. Dude, how he didn't win an Oscar for that film makes no sense to me. Pesci well, was the I only guess, one so who won an Oscar. I guess what you have to do is film. what other movies came out at that time. It doesn't matter, dude. Because but, that, no, it really does. It no, does. But here's because. here's here's why it doesn't matter. Because Scorsese was fucked over a multitude of times, a multitude of times. Right, but and a lot does it have to do with it? Also, what was what was released? Because look at Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption is one was of the panned best, in the theaters. Yeah, panned in the theaters. one of the best fucking movies ever made. But it came out the same year Titanic did, and that movie is a million times better than Titanic. Um. But, I would argue that's not necessarily true what? to people like to be. Pe- no, to, I think it is like to people like you and me, that's true. But like Titanic is a pretty goddamn good movie. And like Shawshank Redemption is a movie that's for a, I would say a more male demographic and a more like high minded thinker demographic as to where Titanic is. This is this James Cameron film with this big production. Like I can see why that was a huge movie. Oh yeah. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, a force for romance in prison with guys. <laughs> no that's not it but like no i'm with you like josh <laughs> redemption is one of my favorite films of all time Shawshank redemption the notebook but in prison but you can see how the public would see titanic as the better film right like people that aren't weirdos like you and me who are like who like thinker movies like because not everybody likes thinker movies some people like movies where they just go and they watch they don't have to think a whole lot it's entertaining right and watch people die on doors yeah great i'd rather watch uh, do you actually think titanic was a bad film no 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 i'm not i was gonna say watch it again because it actually is pretty good but yeah but like this i don't know is it better than shawshank redemption in my opinion absolutely not i i'm with you on that i don't want you to like i don't want you to like call me a gay slur from 2003 or something like (laughs) that (laughs) a foot fairy that's just a that's just a euphemism for soccer players. I love soccer. Everybody oh, chill no, out. I, I just is it? Yes. I always fairies. just thought it was just gay people like foot jobs. <laughs> Am I wrong? You I are wrong. wrong. You are absolutely wrong. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Even Bell is just like scratching. Wait, that's for soccer? Wrong. Yeah. Foot fairies are what like Americans call uh Soccer players. Gay guys who like foot jobs. You thought it was foot. I've been using this saying wrong <laughs> this whole oh, time. Your, your whole life. Oh my God. No, I'm, this is like I'm kidding, Bell. No, you're, you're not kidding. Oh my God. You need you need to learn. You need to like go on TikTok and be like and look up foot fairy. I, I was today years old when I learned <laughs> that would be a, that would be a funny bit on TikTok, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Nikki Haley wouldn't like it. She'd oh shit, Lion scored. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the interception they got through. They got them got, got Green Bay the uh, uh, field goal. This is not a sports podcast. I know it's not. I'm sorry. If it was, you guys would be in trouble. Uh, do we I have would anything be. else? What did we miss? Oh, I know what we missed. We missed um, that thing. Yeah, that thing from that time. <laughs> UAW. The two top candidates were in Detroit just over this time. past week, essentially. They almost crossed paths. They almost had a fight. Ex-Prez and incoherent Prez visit the Dirty Men. <laughs> mm. Here's the thing. I, this, the reason I want to save this for last is because I don't care that much, even though like it's a local story and like we're from the we we live in the Detroit area and it should matter. 
and it just doesn't it because doesn't at all all of this is it's just all political grandstanding like i i was i was refreshing the occupy democrats page to try and see what they were going to say about joe biden uh coming to be the first acting president to picket with strikers and it's like dude the only reason you're doing that is because First of all, you lied and said you were the most pro-union president of all time. But second of all, the UAW for the longest time did not back you. The fight's going to happen at 24 and Van Dyke. Oh, between Trump and Biden? Dude, one of my I, favorite things to do is write, like, when it comes to, like, graffiti. Like, I'm not a huge graffiti artist, but I love writing on stuff. If I have a Sharpie, Trump and Biden touch tips. They do. They do. They might even dock. Do you think one of them is uncircumcised? <laughs> do they engage in docking? Like, if Dan, I obviously know nothing about the gay community because of my f- f- foot fairy remark. <laughs> you know what docking is, right? <laughs> For the it's sake you- of the audience, I'm going to say no. Well, this is why this is not a family podcast. You have one dick that's circumcised. Oh. You have another dick that's uncircumcised. And then you push them together and you pull the uncircumcised foreskin over the foreskin of the circumcised penis. Like, that's the technical way to describe Do you it. you make, like, noises like they would for a space station? Like, <laughs> here comes the My rocket about, ship. Like, when I found you out know, what like you do for was, kid when you I, feed them, here comes the rocket ship. Yeah, <laughs> Here comes the aeroplane. Damn, uh, we can end this podcast now because I'm so happy I just got you explain docking to me. What docking is, but can I can I also explain like how I went Prodding? deeper into thinking about docking? Because my my first thought when I found out what it was was like, what do you do if one penis is significantly larger than the other? Like if the uncirced penis is going up against a, uh, I'm sorry. The cirqued penis is going up against the uncirked penis, and you have to stretch this tiny foreskin over the top of the larger one. Like that could be painful, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm not cutting any of this out. This is all staying in in the in the final cut. I can't believe you said cutting when you're talking about circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this isn't a family podcast. How are we doing this? I don't know. This is a new low mark for our show, and I'm happy to be a part of it. That's my, that's my sounds that I would make if I were docking someone. <laughs> so you have given this some thought. Now. <laughs> love I love how... I love how uh, we talked about how both presidents were coming, and then the premise of it was we don't give a shit, and it just devolved into docking. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's we how really much it doesn't matter. That's how much it doesn't matter. It, they're just both. It's just it's political grandstanding. Um, Sean Fain came out the uh, the president of the UAW and talked shit about Trump's political docking. Political docking. Yes, that should be the the title of the episode. Um, and nobody will figure out what the hell it means until they get to the very end. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> what is docking? Um, yeah, you might want to start a podcast that's found on all social media and podcast platforms. <laughs> Our website is libservativeshow.com. Then we can be found on Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at LibservativePodcast, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Email us today to discuss your docking experiences, and then make sure to subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> and remember, if you're going to dock and you are the uncirked, or I'm sorry, you are the circed one, make sure that you're fitting at, a, at, a, at an, a, an appropriate level. Yeah, you don't want to stick nothing. You don't want to stick a square peg into a round hole. Gauge, find an eight gauge. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you have yeah. to discriminate based on size, just like women. I've had one too many whiskeys tonight. Anyway, Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. This has been Lib the Docker. And this may be our final episode, but we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot turn that.